and welcome to The Jib. This podcast is about the many and varied schemes of the many and varied U.S. law enforcement and intelligence agencies, organizations, and committees, and how they are stupid and funny. Join us on our merry journey through space and time. Hi, my name is Barry. You might know me from my utterly delusional tweets. <laughs> that we do, that we do. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Seamus, and uh, you may know me from the fantastic fourth wall. <laughs> Because you're staring at the camera, right? Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Seamus, uh, today we are talking about the war on drugs. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, this was not what we planned on talking about, but uh, no, the story well, just came together. So, if we want to be honest about it, I was supposed to do a script and I did not do so. So we're doing this one instead. <laughs> well, and also I was going to do something completely different, <laughs> and then okay. this came along. So the good news hey, is we hey. have a, lot of, a lot of good shows upcoming. <laughs> All right, but this is good. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you say now. I had never heard about this guy. <clears throat> yeah, me neither. So, uh, all right, our story begins May twentieth, eighteen ninety-two. Harry Anzler, uh, man, I'm out terrible to get already. Anzler, uh was born in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Uh, his parents that's near were you, isn't it? Uh, about two hours, I think, give or take. No, no, uh, oh, no, you're in America. Two hours means close. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> his parents were uh, Swiss and German descent. Uh, he was the eldest of five children in a very Catholic uh, household. Is that uh, it? He's, yep, that's the boy there in the middle below dad. It's okay. a little hairy there. Uh, his father, Robert, uh, went to work uh, for the Pennsylvania Railroad, uh, and that was the same year Harry was born. Uh, when Harry was young, he had an experience that would shape his life, uh, his future, rather, uh, mm. from author Johan Hari. He lived near a farm uh sorry, a farmer and his wife, and one day he goes to the farmhouse, and the farmer's wife is screaming and asking for something. The farmer sent a little Harry Anzigler to local pharmacist to buy opiates because, of course, opiates were legal back then. Harry Anzigler hurries back it's going to be a long episode. Hurries back and gives the opiates to the farmer's wife. The farmer's wife stops screaming but he remembers that uh, this as a foundational moment where he realized the evils of drugs. You think that would be a nice thing when you hear the stop screaming, you wouldn't you? Yeah, it's like, you know, the silence of the lambs, right? The, the lambs mm. stop screaming. I think I've read the Harry book that that comes from, the Owen Harry book. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, drug use and heroin and so on. And he's saying that heroin, like, heroin is really self-medication for misery. Mm. And also, if you legalize it, it solves a lot of problems and give people free heroin whenever they want it, which sounds ridiculous, but it works in getting them off it. Right. I remember like, you, uh, you talk about the analogy of the stockbroker, right? Or something. Yes. Yeah. And also, uh, my dad, and presumably everybody, my dad went into hospital for an operation. And when he came out, he was on this um, uh, diamorphine tap. And he got to dose himself whenever he wanted. And they discovered yeah, in true. surveys universally that when people control their own dosage, they take a lot less than when they're prescribed it. Right. And he did it. He took a lot less than he would otherwise have. Diamorphine is pharmaceutical-grade heroin. It is exactly the same chemical. There's no difference except it's pure. And hospitals use diamorphine all the time. People stay on diamorphine for about two weeks while they're in recovery. And when they come out, they have no um, withdrawal symptoms. They don't feel like psychologically addicted or anything because they are patients in a system and it's understood what they're taking it for. And the whole thing is just set up in that way. So heroin addiction, we just have the whole wrong idea about heroin addiction. Oh, we're gonna get, we're gonna have a lot of bad ideas for this episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> After completing the eighth grade, uh, he began to work 
with his father at the railroad. Uh, he started uh, freshman year. At age 14, he continued attending morning sessions at the local high school, uh, working afternoons and evenings for the railroad. Uh, failing to receive a high school diploma in 1909, 17-year-old Harry enrolled at uh, Altoona Business College, which that's kind of interesting. You could do that without a diploma. For the next two years, he received additional tutoring. In uh, 1912, he granted a furlough permitted him to enroll in Pennsylvania State College, where uh, he studied a two-year associate degree uh, program in business and engineering while working during weekends in vacation period. I'll say this, Remy, he's hardworking and he's focused. Yep, that's him I'll right there. That, he works yep. hard. Uh, after What's college, what's that? What's happening with his coat? Is it tied behind his back? I don't know. Uh, he's just got a long coat, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of like capish looking, isn't it? Hmm. Uh, after college, uh, Harry worked uh, as a clerk for Pennsylvania Railroad in 1915 while working as an investigator for the railroad. The now 23-year-old Harry conducted an investigation that would uh, make that made an impression. Harry was able to prove that, the, that a widow's claim in a railroad accident was fraudulent. The claim was in the amount of $50,000, which was a shit ton of money back then. Yeah. He saved the company the payout and was promoted to captain of railroad police. Between 1917 and 28, Ang the Harry, Harry. That Harry worked uh, for various military and police organizations. Uh, this work uh, would take him all over the world, from Germany to Venezuela to Japan. His work uh, to focus on drug trafficking. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, 1929, he returned to the States, where he quickly gained a job with the Treasury Department's Bureau of Probation. Uh, sorry, Prohibition, not Probation. Prohibition, as in the war on alcohol, right? War on alcohol, yeah. During this period, corruption ran uh, amok among very, uh, various institutions, um, which would be, which led to a house cleaning for the bureau. Harry was seen as being free of such corruption. He was considered to be among those who saw prohibition as a noble cause. This uh, would uh, see him rise hard and fast in the ranks. Oh, did he? Uh, as well as gain some political capital as well. Uh, I thought that the Prohibition Bureau was in the Treasury Department, isn't it? Mm. Not the Justice Department. Right, this is all under the same. It's just no. a different branch, right? Uh, 1930, uh, now 38, Harry was appointed the uh, founding commissioner of the Treasurer's Federal Bureau of Narcotics by Secretary Andrew W. Mellon, who just happened to be his wife's uncle. Oh, okay. Uh, Harry was given a large uh, budget and free range of his duties. Oh, here we go. Here we go. With prohibition winding down. As commissioner of narcotics, okay, cool. Yep. Uh, with prohibition winding down, Harry needed a new target for the FBN. Uh, the FBN would, uh, of course, be a precursor for today's DEA. DEA, yep. So now, Barry, uh, yeah. have you ever heard of something called cannabis or hemp? I have heard of cannabis, yes, and hemp. Okay. Uh, would you believe that during this time there was no federal restrictions on such a plant? Um, I'm surprised there are federal restrictions on it now. Huh. Hmm. 
Uh, during this time, hemp was commonly used uh, for pain relief rec and recreation, as well as used uh, in at an industrial manner, right? Uh, yeah. It was clean, it was cheap, easily available, and easily to produce. Uh, it, it was even then seen as less harmful when it did as opium, uh, such uh, that was also around back at the time and able to get. Mm -hmm. uh, Harry began his campaign for a passage of the Uniform State Narcotics Act. Now, hold on there. This okay. is called the Uniform State Narcotic Drug Act. And uh, I have to say, you would never get away with that these days because it is a terrible acronym. U.S. <laughs> Uniform State Narcotics Drug Act is ZNDA. And no one's going to like campaign for ZNDA, right? Because, like, remember the North American Free Trade Agreement? NAFTA. Yeah, NAFTA. That's fine. Yeah. NAFTA this, NAFTA that. NAFTA. Cool. But no one's going to be like ZNDA. He could have just called it the State Uniform Narcotic Drug. That would be Sunday. That would be something, wouldn't it? Sunday. Sunday morning coming down. No, Sunday, Sunday. 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 Yeah. <laughs> All right. I actually don't yeah. want to do that. What is it? They needed. They needed you back then, Barry, or maybe they didn't. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Uh, let me tell you now. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me tell you all about it. The National Car, uh, Conference of uh, Commissioners on the Uniform State Laws uh, developed the Uniform State Narcotics Act in 1934 due to the lack of restrictions in the Harrison Act of 1914. We're getting in the weeds. Uh, the Harrison Act, uh, no pun intended, was a review pr uh, production act. Uh, where while well, the Harrison Act was. Um the Harrison Act would have been, and I looked. I didn't know this. I looked it up mm -hmm. when you gave me the first draft of this script. <laughs> yeah, and I looked okay. it up on Wikipedia. Wikipedia told me that it's basically an import tax for opiates. Right. Yeah. Right. So it didn't cover enough, is what they're saying, right? Yes. Uh, so while it provided penalties for violations, it did not give authority to the states to exercise police power regarding either seizures of drugs, use of illicit trade, or punishment of those responsible, because mm. suckers got to get paid, yo. Right. That's what this money. is all about. <laughs> that's right. That's what it's all about, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if you heard about this guy. He might. He plays a minor role in some of the things in history, uh, Barry. But his name is William Randolph Hearst. Ah, the 1930s answer to uh, Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch. That's it. Yep. Yes. Uh, he used his newspaper media chain to boost Harry's campaign for the passage of the Drug Act. Uh, the draft of the act was submitted to the American Bar Association in its meetings in Washington. In 1932, it was officially approved by the body and sent to various states the following year. The purpose of the act was to make the law uniform in various states with respect to controlling sales and use of narcotic drugs. The Commission on the Uniform State Law is intended to effectively safeguard and regulate narcotic drugs throughout all of the states. Uh, I almost said 50 on. states, but we didn't have 50 states then. I yeah. have a question. The question is, instead of trying to make the law uniform in various states by doing the states one by one, do you know why they didn't just try and make it federal law? Why is that? No, I'm asking you. Oh. I don't know. O honestly, I don't know. I mean, I, th I think that okay, they were that's just what trying they do to now, isn't it? Like, with gay marriage, they stopped waiting for the states to ratify it individually and just federal law to ram it to the right. Supreme Court. Right, and then you, then you have people say, oh, states' rights, states' rights. Yeah, yeah, get behind your Confederate yeah. flag, you so. It's an odd, it seems like an odd approach to go state by state on this for something that would right. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, where was I? Oh, initially only nine states adopted the uniform. <laughs> Imagine that was the problem. Yeah, uh, President Roosevelt uh, supported adoption of the act nationwide. Uh, Harry went on blast to make this happen. Uh, Harry had also uh, already uh, decided that his new tar target uh, to replace alcohol, of course, was going to be hemp. Oh, but 
he was now referring to it publicly by another name, marijuana. He helped popularize the term uh, because back then everybody was called it hemp or cannabis, but uh, he did this because he believed in the association of the drug with Mexican immigrants. He knew that he could tap in on the racist fears of folks even back then. I did not know this. Me neither. It's quite disturbing. That the, the word marijuana is yeah, being yeah. used to hurt Mexicans. How would you pronounce that? Marijuana. <laughs> right. What is the correct pronunciation? It is Juana. It's marijuana. Yeah. But Tijuana. It's, yeah. Oh, Daring drug expose. Shame, horror, despair. Marijuana. Weed with roots in hell. Weird orgies in wild parties. A name. Where do I get my marijuana? <laughs> Does it, it looks like, like a chick track. You know, chick tracks, right? That looks like a cover of a Rolling Stones album. Oh, yeah, true. Actually, that would be a badass album. <laughs> it would be a badass album yeah, cover, yeah. Uh, Harry used his position to gather stories on marijuana-related crimes and violence. He uh, somehow ignored evidence, though, that allowed for other interpretations. Hmm. He ignored a discussion forwarded to him by the AMA, the American Medical Association, in which 29 of 30 pharmacists and drug industries representatives objected uh, to his proposals, a proposed ban on marijuana. However, uh, only this single dissent uh, was preserved in Bureau's files. And this is the one that he would like his go to. Oh. So yeah. So he's like, look here, we have, a, we have expert testimony. It's like, no, you have one guy. That's like Talk the climate change denial people, right? They have like so two much. or three doctors and they say, well, this guy says, but like hundreds of them are, you have to go with the consensus, man. The experts consensus. Yeah, and then a lot of those guys, too, it's like, uh, where did they get their university? Oh, at Patriot University, which was that <laughs> fucking double-wide in Arizona that they just did paper mills and shit, right? So, yeah. like, Ken Hovind. University of Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Although the University of Phoenix is probably a little bit more credible than even some of those fuckers. But, anywho, sidetrack. Uh, Harry ran his campaign against marijuana on the radio in major forums. Uh you mind reading that uh, next little bit there? This is, uh, this is, the, in the, this is the man, um, Harry. Is this the same as the first draft you gave me? Should be. Okay. Um, by the tons it is coming into this country, the deadly, dreadful poison that racks and tears not only the body, but the very heart and soul of every human being who once becomes a slave to it in any of its cruel and devastating forms. Marijuana is a shortcut to the insane asylum. Smoke marijuana cigarettes for a month, and what was once your brain would be nothing but a storehouse of horrid specters. Hashish makes a murderer who kills for the love of killing out of the mildest mannered man who ever laughed at the idea that any habit could ever get him. Awesome. It's quite dramatic, isn't it? Yeah. I feel uh, like he's never met anybody who's done marijuana. <laughs> right? Uh, some believe Hearst's efforts, as in William Randolph, uh, in helping Harry was motivated by his concerns uh, that hemp paper would compete with his paper uh, products derived from his timber industry. Oh. Uh, he has also, it has also been claimed that DuPont Corporation supported Angle, Angle, Harry, I'm going to stop saying his last name, uh, for, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a long episode, for fears that hemp products would overtake their investments in nylon. Uh, with his continued support uh, from William Randolph Hearst's media empire and funds from DuPont Company, Harry uh, was able to spread his message from coast to coast. Uh, now, one of his most infamous stories he ripped from the American magazine concerning Victor Lydica, uh, who killed his family. You want to read that uh, bit there, too, Barry? I guess that's the same as the first draft as well. Yep. Okay. 
Okay. An entire family was murdered by a youthful addict in Florida. When officers arrived at the home, they found the youth staggering about in a human slaughterhouse. With an axe, he had killed his father, mother, two brothers, and a sister. He seemed to be in a daze. He had no recollection of having committed the multiple crimes. The officers knew him ordinarily as a sane, rather quiet young man. Now he was pitifully crazed. They sought the reason. The boy said he had been in the habit of smoking something which youthful friends called muggles, a childish name for marijuana. Uh, I want to make Never a JK heard of marijuana called muggles. Yeah, I want to make a J.K. Rowling joke, but I'm not going to. Uh, this story was re yeah it was referred to, yeah was uh, was referenced in the 1937 uh, anti weed film and cult classic Weed for Madness. Hmm. Uh, it is one okay, of now the that's, that would definitely buy that album, right? Uh, yeah. uh, it is one of the 200 uh, violent crimes which were documented in Harry's Gore File series. Uh, we now know that Lydica's murder uh, of his family was due to severe mental illness, shocker, yeah, uh, which was diagnosed earlier in his youth, uh, not because of cannabis uh, use at all. Researchers have now provided uh, that Harry wrongfully attributed uh, 198 of his gore files, so that's oh, uh, pretty, yeah, pretty high percentage, uh, stories yeah. to marijuana use. Uh, in the remaining two cases... Uh, could not be disproved because no records existed concerning these crimes. We made them all. All right. So, uh, without further ado, I would like to share with, uh, oh, yes. with you and uh, the rest yes. of our, our our friends. Please here. tell me we were going to make this going to happen. We're going to watch uh, the trailer for the wonderful film, Reefer Madness. These high school boys and girls are having a hop at the local soda fountain. Innocently, they dance. Innocent of a new and deadly menace lurking behind closed doors. Marijuana, the burning weed with its roots in hell. In this film, you will see the ease with which this vicious plant can be grown in your neighbor's yard, rolled into harmless-looking cigarettes, hidden in an innocent shoe, or watch case. In this startling film, you will see dopesters lure children to destruction. We're going over to Joe's place. Why don't you come along? We have a date to play instead of double. Oh, you can play anytime. Come on, we'll have some laughs. Can I go along with you? Sure. Hey, I'll see you at dinner, sis. If you want a good smoke, try one of these. You will meet Bill, who once took pride in his strong will as he takes the first step toward enslavement. Smoking the soul-destroying reaper, they find a moment's pleasure, but at a terrible price. Debauchery, violence, murder, suicide. And the ultimate end of the marijuana addict. Hopeless insanity. See this important film now. Before it is too late. Come on, Bear. Let's go watch that movie. 
Oh man, I mean, again, all I can say is it's making marijuana look attractive. I've never done any <laughs> drugs in my life. I don't even drink alcohol, and I never have. But I'm thinking about it now because of that movie. It looks you, awesome. You do coke. Wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but what? Uh, the chick playing the piano was the best. That's just that cracks me up every time. Mm. Uh, back to our hero. Uh, yeah. All right, so Harry's anti-weed attack was uh, full of racism. I know that's a shocker, Heather. Mm. Uh, Johan Hari stated that uh, Harry was, quote, so racist he was regarded as a crazy racist in the 1920s. How racist would you have to be to be considered a racist in the 1920s? Thank you. Uh, he falsely branded cannabis uh, use as an African-American problem. Uh, he would make outlandish claims about pot, often tossing some racist rhetoric just for good measure. Well, would it be fair to say that currently various establishment figures still brand cannabis mm. as an African-American problem? Mm. Is that, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, hey, uh, Barry, uh, we have a list. Some, yes, you do. Some, you gave me some, a list, yeah. Yep. Some might refer to them as a top 10. That's how you've referred to it here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you gave me the list yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So, we got Harry's top 10 ridiculous marijuana okay. claims. Would you like to make those make those claims and read sure. the top ten? Welcome to Harry Anslinger's top ten ridiculous marijuana claims. Straight in at number ten, colored students at the University of Minnesota partying with white female students, smoking marijuana, and getting their sympathy with stories of racial persecution. Result: pregnancy. Ouch. Number nine. I'm reading. Don't worry. Don't worry. Number nine. Reefer makes darkies think they're as good as white men. Okay. That, that would, that's, that's really tough. Oh, I'm glad you made me read this out. <laughs> Number eight. Marijuana is an addictive drug which produces in its users insanity, criminality, and death. We all know all those people have died from marijuana overdose, right? Right, yeah. The list is just non-starting. Um, at number seven, despite the fact that medical men and scientists have disagreed about the properties of marijuana and some are inclined to minimize the harm of this drug, the records offer ample evidence that it has a disastrous effect upon many of its users. And as we know now, the um, the evidence is 198 and 200 of the pieces of evidence are bullshit. <laughs> right. yeah, number six, yeah. marijuana is the most violence-causing drug in the history of mankind. No, it's not. It's definitely... I can think of other violence-causing drugs, namely literally any of them. Yeah. Except maybe heroin. Okay, number five. Therefore, from the standpoint of police work, it is a more dangerous drug than heroin or cocaine. No, it's not, though, is it? No, it's not. Um, number four. Marijuana leads to pacifism and communist brainwashing. That's, that's <laughs> supposed to be deep. So, what's wrong with pacifism? Yeah. You don't want people out killing themselves, do you? Anyway. That's not American. That's not John Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Go out and kill the communists. Yeah. Um, that was like, the, like the Guatemala show we did, remember, with Chesh. Yeah. And he said, yeah, here we kill some communists. Like, openly said, kill the communists. Right. Straight at number three, exciting times. Okay, I, I, is, this, is this word haram? Am I allowed to say this? Which one? Uh, oh, the, yeah, yeah, are you it's, sure? It's okay. It's, it's okay. Are you sure? It's it's definitely better than darkies. I'm, is it? I would think, I think so. so. Okay. Well, I'm gonna let uh, the people listening to this will decide whether or not I should be cancelled. Okay. Straight at number three in the top ten Harry Anslinger quotes. 
two Negroes took a girl 14 years old and kept her for two days under the influence of hemp. Upon recovery, she was found to be suffering from syphilis. Now that's not just incorrect, it's also deeply racist. Uh-huh. And it goes into the, we were discussing this before, about the idea of black men as preying on white women. Right. We discussed that in a number of different episodes, I think. Number two. Yeah, go on, go, go. I was just going to say, that's that's a common thread. It doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on, quite frankly. Yeah. Because both, both parties will use Black it. Black man wants to have to... sex with your white women. Yep. Number two. I consider marijuana the worst of all narcotics, far worse than morphine or cocaine, morphine being heroin. Under its influences, men become beasts. Marijuana destroys life itself. No, it doesn't. It just makes you hungry and you sit there watching stupid videos. Yeah. Okay, number one. This is the number one Harry Anslinger quote. <laughs> and it is... You smoke a joint, and you're likely to kill your brother. Nice! Mmm. I don't have any brothers, so that definitely is a lie in my head. Okay, cool. <laughs> Alright. Alright, okay. What's that piece of music you used? What is it? Uh, it's an old uh, demo uh, that I had called No Reason, so... You... It's your track? Reason. Yeah, yeah. You wrote it, and... Yeah, yeah, a long oh, time fantastic. ago. Nice. Thank you, thank you. So, it's, it's that's way to get it, around... Though. It's a way to get around copyright. So, hey, <laughs> it yeah, is. Yeah. You own the copyright. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Is that it? Are we done with the top ten? Uh, yeah, but uh, so, but yet, uh, there's also another gem. We have a bonus, right to to the top okay. ten. Uh, can you give me some more love, Barry? For this, I can. Place, this have last we one. ever had a top ten that did not have a bonus round? <laughs> right. No. Okay. This is the bonus round for Harry Anslinger quotes. Uh, there are 100,000 total marijuana smokers in the U.S., and most are. Negroes, Hispanics, Filipinos, and entertainers. Their satanic music, jazz, and swing result from marijuana usage. This marijuana causes white women to seek sexual relationships with Negroes, entertainers, and uh, many others. This is so fucking bad. Right? This is so fucking bad. I mean, have you ever heard of a guy that says the the, the quiet part out loud more than this fucker? Hmm. Well, I Eat just it. said the quiet part out loud four different occasions. So I don't yeah, know but you, yeah, but you were quoting a piece of shit. That's different. So. I, you know what? From from singing along with Snoop Dogs when black people were in the room, say, quoting somebody else is not doesn't work sometimes. But I'm hoping I'm okay with this one. I I think you're fine. This is because we're sharing the information, not to. If I'm not yeah. uh, if I'm not clear, please tell me in the comments. Fair enough. Well, I, I hope I, I hope people would realize I did not say any of that with hate in my heart. So put it that way, right? Uh, blame me because I made him do it. I'm not going to blame you for anything. <laughs> right, go. All right. Uh, Harry uh, hoped to orchestrate a nationwide dragnet of jazz musicians. Tom, tom, tom. And kept a face count, uh, face, sorry, a file called the Marijuana and Musicians. Man, I love jazz, though. I love jazz. Yeah. That's uh, love also those. It's also Eminem, right? Mm. <laughs> My marijuana musicians. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Harry targeted uh, the amazing Billie Holiday. Correct. Uh, after her 1939 song, Strange Fruit, and fuck mm. if you have not heard that goddamn song. Strange Fruit. Yeah, what is it? Um, uh, Southern mm. trees bears strange fruit, uh, blood on the leaves and blood on the root. It's a wonderful it's, song. It's super moving. The arrangement is fantastic. Of course, I mean, anything that she does is great. But uh, you know know what I was thinking about this today? Uh, Sorry, it's a little bit of segue. So my mom was at 
Ellie Holiday fan, but yes, she didn't have uh, anything of hers on CD, and uh, this was back in the day of Napster and stuff like that. So I tried to do that, and I couldn't hardly find anything in. So I ended up like Amazon just started, and I ordered like a best of, and uh, I was just at my parents' house, and I saw that that song is not on there. Oh, it's a best of, and it's not on there. That's so that's one of the best up. tracks. I know. Yes, but you got it. But it is deeply know? controversial, and it's so direct. Ah. There's no, there's, you don't have to work out what it's about. <laughs> no, there's, there's no. a line in it that says like <laughs> black bodies swinging from the trees. Like there's no, yeah. you don't have to work it out. And maybe maybe it's like, I don't know. It is very. It's a very shocking song. Yeah, you don't have to be a Shakespearean uh, expert. Mm, you don't have to analyze that, the but, metaphors or anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the song uh, the song was a protest uh, song of lynching of, of black Americans with lyrics comparing the victims uh, to fruits of trees. Uh, Harry assigned an agent to track her down after he refused to stop. Uh, after she, sorry, after she refused to stop. Don't you misgender Billy? Speaking Holiday. about, I'm not doing that. Speaking about racism or performing that song, right? Yes. Uh, Harry knew that uh, he couldn't send a white agent to stalk her, so he had to hire a black man to do his dirty deed. This must have been painful for our uh, dear Harry that he had to employ a black man from Harlem. Right? This yes. had to fucking hurt. Yeah. <laughs> hire a black guy. Is like, he's on the payroll. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, Jim, Jim Fletcher was that black guy. Uh, he danced with her at nightclubs. He got to know her really well. Uh, Billie Holiday, being the amazing person that she was, of course, uh, caused Jimmy uh, Fletcher to fall in love with her. Yes. Uh, uh, sadly, uh, Billie uh, also had uh, addiction issues. She was addicted to bu uh, booze and heroin. I'm not mm. going to get into her bio. Uh, there's so much there, and I don't want to. She did know, not have a happy life. No, she did not. It's 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 a rough story. Uh, so she had been, you know, doing uh, heroin and drinking for some time. Uh, Harry learns of her addiction problems through Fletcher, right, uh, and decides to close in on her. Uh, she's arrested. She serves eighteen months in prison for her addiction or for her use. Uh, after her release, uh, Harry isn't done with her. He's, you know, I'm gonna fuck this bitch up, right? He's because he's that's he, that's kind of guy he is. Uh, during this time, uh, performers such as Holidays were required to. Have a cabaret license, so that would be able to, so they can perform in liquor clubs and stuff. Yep. Great. Um, so Harry found a way to blacklist her and keeps her from uh, from getting one of these licenses. Uh, she fail, she falls deep in depression because you've taken her vehicle away, right? This is yes. what do. So depression, back to addiction, goes worse. She eventually ends up in the hospital for recovery. Uh, there, she's diagnosed or diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver. Uh, they started administering uh, methadone to get her off of her addiction, right? Yep. Uh, then, boom, Harry sends his goons, the FBN, uh, show up uh, at the hospital claiming that they found heroin in her, bat her bedroom. Grand jury is convened. Uh, they summon an indictment. She's arrested. They handcuff her to her bed and place a police guard at her door. After 10 days of her meth methadone, uh, is eventually discontinued thanks to Harry. She dies. And Slinger orders her taken off the methadone. Yep. Okay. Or he fucking killed Billy Holiday. So, I feel about Harry now. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, the more I found out about this guy, the less I like him. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, but hey, it's not all bad. 
uh, you're not going to believe this, Barry, but uh, Harry, he actually some he, had, he actually had a heart of gold. Okay, you know, is this sarcasm? Uh, <laughs> so let, let me tell you a story. Okay, uh, where where he's we can appreciate what a sweet, charming person he was, right? Okay. Harry hears uh, through the grapevine and his, you know his connections because he, by now he's I mean he's all pretty much appeared to the Ho the Hoover at this point right because cool. the FBI is just like you know adjacent to the FBI right this yep. is big fucking deal they didn't get along by the way that's a whole other I didn't want to sidebar sidetrack too much into that Hoover and Don Singer they did not get along because it was okay. just you know they were just bucking for power both of them or maybe yeah. two pairs of shitheads if Hoover didn't like him. Well, yeah. Anywho, so anyways, uh, uh, yeah. Harry hears about uh, another amazing person, Judy Garland. Yes, of course. Who was famous for portraying Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz? If you don't recognize her, there. Uh, poor Dorothy, though, or sorry, poor Judy. Aha, fourth wall. Uh, <laughs> started having issues with heroin. Mm. So Harry hears about this, and he goes to, you know, takes the the red eye. He's out there in Hollywood, right? Yeah. Hookups with uh, Garland and her peeps and the studio reps sits down, talks to him, and says, "You know, Judy. Judy just says, she doesn't take care of herself. She doesn't start taking longer vacations. What a fucking sweetheart, man! But is that not the same problem that Billy Holiday? What had? the fuck is addiction to heroin? Barry, Barry, we're talking about Judy Garland, okay? We're talking about Dorothy. Okay. Come on." What what's the difference between Billy Holiday and Judy Garland? Like, what's that's the sweet, salient that's difference between those two people? Harry's a sweetheart, Barry. You're missing. Okay. The, 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 yeah, yeah. All right. I, 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 I don't see a difference at all between. Okay. Anyways, yeah. So, but the man's not done. There's the man's more. not done. You know what? Maybe this is this is him. You know, this is an arc, right? This is an arc in his hair. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he's just he's becoming a good dude. You know. Uh, so, let me tell you another story, right? So you may have heard of this guy too. I don't know. Uh, his his name is Joseph McCarthy. Uh, Uncle Joe, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yep, he was a U.S. senator who was Uncle infamous Joe. for his campaign in the 1950s against communist and Soviet spies. You're like the U.S. government during some other episodes, maybe right? Uh, uh, not only in the, in the U.S. government, but as well in Hollywood, right? The Red Scare. Mm -hmm. uh, this was known as McCarthyism. Uh, it included accusations, intimidations, and disregard for civil liberties. Good guy, right? Mm. Another good guy. Uh, so, anyways, our hero Harry, uh, he hooks up uh, Senator McCarthy with heroin. He gave him heroin. No, I'm sorry, not heroin. I'm sorry, morphine. Okay. See, it's not that bad. He gave morphine. He gave him morphine. Mm. Yeah, because you know this guy was a booze hound, and he also had problems with morphine. So Harry helped him out. Mm. Uh, but at some point, Harry decided, you know what, uh, Joe, you need to stop. You need to quit. But uh, McCarthy reminded of him of the potential public scandal if it was ever to come out that Harry had been fighting him with mm. morphine. So Harry relented and steadily supplied McCarthy with morphine that he paid for by the Bureau and obtained from local drugstores. This arrangement continued until McCarthy's death, death in 1957. Hey. That's what a good guy. And he handcuffed Billy Holiday to the bed and took yep. away her methadone when she was trying to recover. Yep, but she, he helped this fucking piece of shit. So, mm. But he's a white guy. Oh, I, and I guess yeah. if you say things like jazz, 
it's you know, Barry, I, I, don't right? see, I don't see color, so I just don't know what you're talking about. Oh, no, I say Anslinger, Anslinger said nothing about that. Did he? he didn't say anything about that, no. No, no, no. That was, you're right, it's jazz. That's the problem. It's so. jazz. Yeah. It's a gateway drug, jazz. It's a gateway to jazz. <laughs> so what? In later years, Harry also suffered from a mental breakdown characterized by intense paranoia and irrational thoughts. <laughs> Did anybody think that he was smoking pot? <laughs> Such as believing that addiction was contagious and mm. addicts had to be quarantined uh, or talking about secret plots throughout the world. He eventually uh, was hospitalized uh, because of his uh, because of this breakdown. Oh, so maybe uh, so maybe this thing about addiction mm. being contagious is the first uh, case of a social contagion. Oh, maybe. When he turned 70... Uh, Harry is submitted to uh, he submitted his resignation because that was uh, the retirement age mandatory right mm -hmm. um, says it's Kennedy because Kennedy is the, the new man in town right mm -hmm. but Kennedy uh, didn't have a successor in, pla in place so he had to stay on until for another year which still is fucking bizarre That's, mm -hmm. that one just throws me uh, 1973 Harry uh, is completely blind he had uh, deliberate, uh, deliberate uh, He had a bad prostate. Let's go with that. Okay. Uh, he suffered from angina, and ironically, when he died, Harry was being treated with regular doses of morphine, mm. which he was prescribed for his angina. Uh, the colossal piece of shit that was the uh, focus of this episode died on November fourteenth, nineteen seventy-five. Uh, he's buried somewhere in PA. I will mark it down if I ever decide to go on a trip so I can go piss on his grave. Um, he died of heart failure <laughs> at the age great. of 83. What a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, no one has shaped uh, how addiction and drugs has been used or criminalized uh, more than Harry, uh, not only in the U.S., but abroad. Uh, he was a hero to a young man. He employed as a narcotics agent in 1957. That man's name was Joe Arpaio. Better known as Sheriff Joe. I know Sheriff Joe. Uh huh. Uh, Sheriff Joe used Harry's racist rhetoric in his campaign on the U.S. South border uh, issues, and uh, he violated the rights of migrant workers as well he, as other he used U.S. citizens. Slave labor in his town, didn't he? Yep. Yep. He was a total fuckhead. He's a friend. He was friends with Steven Seagal. That's all you need to know, really. Uh, yeah. Uh, his, his propaganda and use of law enforcement was instrumental in influencing. And used heavily by both Nixon and later Reagan in the White House war on drugs. And that is the story of this colossal fucking piece of shit. I mean, how you could when they say the war on drugs, that's oh. like that's almost like war in an abstract concept. Right. Like how the drugs are gonna win. If you do care yeah. a war on drugs, the drugs will win no matter what you do. You have to have a some sort of a, a policy that takes account of the fact that people are humans. You can't expect people to ascribe to abstract concepts. Like I don't use drugs; I never have. And as I said, but even I can see that this is just madness. This war on drugs yeah. thing is madness. And the Johann Harry book that you quoted there—that book goes and explains exactly. I believe it's called "Chasing the, Chasing the Screams." I believe is the title. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He did great yeah, work and great research in that book. Yeah. Hmm. God, God damn! I, t I tell you what, I, he's got to be so far like one of the top ten biggest pieces of shit I've just come across. 
Well, dude, you were digging into it all this shit for this series of podcasts on the jib. Piece uh, of shit central. That's what we should subtitle the whole podcast, right? Right. Yeah, I have a question for you. Oh, Jesus. What's happening now? Close enough. What's new? What's good? Okay, what's new? All right. Um, this is the part of the show where we put the word CIA or FBI into Google, hit the news tab, and see what madness shows up. And we do it just before the show instead of live because we, when we did it before, we tended to get the same story over and over again. So now we're just picking bits. But right before the show is when we did this. Seamus, you have some uh, FBI-related material, I believe. Yeah, so uh, I have three. I don't know what to think of any of these, honestly. Uh, but well, anyway. I'm sure they'll tell us in the chat what to think of them. Fair enough. Uh, we can always count on the chat. Thanks again for you guys. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, so this is under the Judicial Review. Documents reveal FBI sought to develop sources in local Catholic charities. Uh, Chairman local, Jordan. Yep. Local what? Catholic charities. Or, Catholic sorry, charities. Okay. Sorry. Catholic churches. I said charities. Oh, Catholic churches. Sorry. Even worse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're trying to infiltrate the Catholic church now. Um, I'm kind of torn on this, to be honest. <laughs> I'm uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't like the FBI infiltrating much, but. Uh, Catholic Church. If you want to you take know. down the Catholic Church, maybe do it. Yeah, I mean, if you really fucking go after him, by all means. Hmm. Uh, then there's an article that uh, through comparison between what we know now, because uh, there's so much more about what we know the FBI hmm. was doing against MLK, matches up to you know some of the works that his family has shared, that uh, he, in fact, was more than aware of what they were trying to do to him. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So they had a counterintelligence operation going. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and then uh, this one I just find funny. FBI pledges they will do their best to recruit more women. Fair enough. I'm just so glad that they've you know they've come around because that's mm -hmm. what's important, right? Well, I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind re recruiting more women in the FBI. That's not bad. It, but it's the same. I mean, okay. So this. I, and maybe this is just me being my cynical asshole that I am. Uh, it's the kind of, and I'm sure everybody, if, if I'm sure you've seen this meme, but not, not everybody has. You'll have a, a couple in the Middle East, right? And they're in the desert, and they're in their Arabic garb, right? And they're walking, and they're like, they both look up, and they're like, "Oh, here comes the bombs!" And then somebody whispers to them, "Yes, but I heard that they're now they now have a woman in charge, and it's so okay. inclusive." That's fair enough. You know what I mean? It's just, mm. yeah, fuck that. That's it. That's all I got for the FBI. I have some uh, stuff of my own. Uh, let's see. The first one is, the headline says, a, da a database of gang members in California included 42 babies. Oh, Jesus. A database widely used by police departments across California has little oversight and major flaws, including naming dozens of babies as active gang members, according to a state audit released on Thursday. So you should definitely look up that story because it's high and also hilarious. Now, well, you know what they do. That, that you know what that is. That that's the process of gathering information. So they have somebody. Maybe it's a social worker. Maybe it's somebody going to the door. Maybe it's somebody that's infiltrating the, in the gang, right? And they're just getting names. They're getting information, and they're just flooding it to whoever and whoever it is collecting it. And they're assuming because your dad is a, is a fucking crypt that you must be a crypt too down the road. They said in the article that some of it is to do with typos as well. 
Oh, really? Okay. I don't know if it's true. It's still, I, that's what the article says. Oh, I could fucking see it because that's how they see this. Right? That's how, that's look how up they, that article. That's how they like see this shit. Um, another one says, uh, <laughs> you're going to like this one. 40 years ago, the CIA tried to decode consciousness and unlock time travel. In 1983, U.S. Lieutenant Colonel Wayne McDonnell was asked to write a report for the CIA about a project called Gateway Process. Have you heard about this? Uh, wasn't that a movie, Stargate? Gateway Process, something like oh. that. His report, declassified in 2003, gives the scientific underpinnings as well as instructions and technical assistance to help people convert the energy of their minds and bodies into a laser beam that can transcend space-time. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out, right? That, that's, that's in Popular Mechanics, so it's an actual proper magazine I got it from. It's not oh, like... Yeah, right. And the last one oh. is just a, um, a music quiz on the Irish Times. And the quiz is, which Westlife song, Westlife is an Irish boy band, which Westlife okay. song was used by the CIA as part of its torture program in Afghanistan? Are you fucking serious? Yeah, man, you can just uh, you can look up that if you want, but the headline is where the comedy is, and that's where I'm done. That's all my links. W would you consider that an act of torture, though, if you had to listen to that song over and over again? Westlife? Um, yeah. Not really. Okay. They're just pop music. Like, it's just regular pop music. It's not particularly insulting. But people say that about Nickelback, that Nickelback is absolutely horrible. They're not. They're just regular pop music, you know? I mean, Nickelback is pretty fucking bad. Come on. But, but they're not like they're not like the demons of music that everybody says they are. They're just a pop band. Like, I mean, you know, they're not particularly awful. They don't have to Nickelback. They're awful. They are awful. His haircut is awful. True. Anyway. Yeah, he's, hot, he's really hung up about photography. That's all I know. He so. <laughs> yeah, the photograph of the. <laughs> so that's our show. I think is that our show? I think that's it, man. So all right. uh, thanks for joining us for the war on drugs. We'll see y'all in uh, two weeks, maybe, sorta. Rock and roll Bye. and jazz. <laughs>